0: Hey everyone, you're listening to On the House with Spartan, an ad-free podcast brought to you by a full-service turnkey company. I'm your host, Lindsay Davis, CEO and co-founder of Spartan Invest. On this show, we talk about all things real estate, from market patterns, industry insight, construction, property management, and other investment avenues. We hope you'll join as we dive into today's episode of On the House with Spartan. Thanks for joining us for another episode of On the House with Spartan Invest. So today we're going to be talking about real estate contracts and just kind of more the legal side of real estate investors. So to be a savvy investor, you need to know really how to protect yourself from the overall risks in general. Uh, Fraud and scams, as you know, are everywhere. We see it on the tenant side, especially So we want to prepare you guys for the legalities of owning single-family homes today. Now, I did find this fact, and I was astonished to learn, that the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center reported that victims lost nearly $400 million due to real estate fraud. I wow. As investors with uh, multiple properties, you're even more susceptible to losing money this way. So today, that's our focus. We're going to dive into real estate laws and contracts that can help you protect your investment throughout this journey. Uh, this I'm going to get into the nitty gritty, so try to bear with me a little bit. Some legal considerations before buying a real estate investment. And one thing to make sure you take into consideration is land use laws and zoning regulations. So before you go under contract on a particular property, if you're doing your due diligence, ensure that you understand the the local land development laws and zoning that can affect that area you're looking to invest in. Land use policies, they are comprehensive and they guide the future development pathway of a land within a city or a county. So Meanwhile, zoning regulations can be more granular and define the allowable use of property within a specific geographic region by kind of categorizing the lands into zones that fulfill a distinct purpose. So these municipal-based laws, I mean, they could restrict a property uh, to a single-family residential purpose prohibiting construction. You could buy a piece of land and not be able to build a multifamily unit on it. Or some areas are zoned strictly commercial or industrial use. And so you may not even be allowed to build a residential development altogether if you had intended that and did not necessarily check the zoning regulations. Now, short-term rentals have come under increasing pressure from cities uh, across the country, like Honolulu, for example, where any rental stay under 90 days is completely banned. Other states like Colorado, California, New York are initiating harsh restrictions and guidelines on non-owner-occupant housing. The objection from the locals is mainly that they're finding this increasing presence of tourists in their community to be one of the reasons for rising cost of not only their homes, but of goods and services as well. There's also a lack of concern from tourists about the community and environment as well. For instance, you could have a home full of eight or more adults partying in Miami Beach that's zoned completely residential, so obviously some of the neighbors might take issue with that. Some of the harshest short-term regulations are found in Miami, New Orleans, and Chicago, Illinois. To help investors with this, Airbnb just rolled out a program called Airbnb City Portal that allows owners and hosts to stay in the know on regulations and those community guidelines. So deed restrictions, uh, also known as covenants, conditions and restrictions, are legally binding limitations commonly. They're drafted by and enforced by builders, developers, and homeowners managed by homeowners associations. Now, these provisions are attached to the property's title and can dictate how you may use, renovate, or even lease your property. This is another due diligence piece. Uh, For example, so some covenants and restrictions, uh, they restrict homeowners from changing the style of their rooftops, siding, while others can prohibit landlords from listing their properties as short-term rentals. And there are even some that prohibit long-term rentals as well. In any case, it's advisable to conduct a title search to uncover any kind of restrictions, liens, or easements on a property before finalizing your purchase. Just a small piece of advice, you can have title insurance that does not necessarily disclose or alert you to these restrictions. Because you've got clear title and a title policy doesn't necessarily mean that you are well aware of these restrictions. So please make sure that you read over this or if you're working with an agent or a turnkey company, uh, ensure that they are in the know about any kind of restrictions that the property may have against the property title. Now the deed, uh, you guys know, a property deed confirms the property's legal transfer and ownership from the seller to the buyer. And once that title transfer is recorded in your county's public record office, the physical deed is then mailed to you and that's the ultimate proof of ownership. So you always want to double check that, make sure that that is public record, it is recorded and you do have a copy of it to protect yourself. There are other contracts that you need to safeguard your investments. And so real estate contracts are legally binding agreements to help protect your interest during a real estate transaction and legitimize your claim to a property after you buy it. So to be enforceable, the contracts must be put in writing and signed by both parties. Never, ever, ever operate on a handshake agreement. The most important one when you're going to purchase is of course the purchase and sale agreement. Now that's the legally binding contract between the property buyer and the seller that details the terms of the property sale. It includes essential elements such as property description, the legal description, which is how properties are conveyed from one owner to another, the price, any contingencies, financing, and then closing details. So without this agreement, your risk, you, I mean, you could possibly risk losing entitlements and protections as a buyer if you do not have the purchase and sell agreement locked up. Along with the purchase and sale agreements, you also have seller disclosures. And seller disclosures provide both past and present details about a property's condition that might negatively affect its value. And now, though disclosures vary based on state, they can cover aspects such as hazardous materials, pest issues, water damage, roof defects, foundation issues, and unpermitted renovations. So, if significant undisclosed problems arise after renting the property, these disclosures can serve as a basis for potential legal action against the seller. Please ensure that you know each state. If you're buying out of state, make sure you know what that state's law is in regards to uh, seller disclosures. This is extremely important because Alabama is a caveat emptor state, which means that it is up to the buyer to do the due diligence on the property condition. It is not up to the seller. And that's a huge difference between a lot of other states. So please make sure you're aware of these laws before you go into purchasing a property. Another contract, a lease agreement, which we'll talk a little bit more about just the importance of the lease agreement, but it's also a contract that outlines the terms and conditions of the rental arrangement between you and your tenant or you, your landlord, and your tenant. The agreement outlines the rights and duties of each party and provides clarity on rent, security deposit, utilities, repairs, late fees, evictions, and other really important details. So a well-drafted lease agreement not only helps prevent disputes, but also ensures a very smooth landlord-tenant relationship. I'll talk a little bit more about that. But kind of segueing into the contracts that are going to help you, there are other laws like your landlord-tenant laws that you need to be aware of before you purchase a property. Since investors intend to use single-family homes as rental properties, the landlord-tenant laws are especially relevant. These laws govern the rights and responsibility of landlords and tenants and create rules and restrictions regarding their security deposits, rent payments, eviction procedures, and the lease agreement itself. So beyond serving as a defense against potential lawsuits, a strong working knowledge of landlord tenant laws can really help foster a profitable and beneficial relationship between you and your tenants. Now, lawdepot.com recently came out and listed their top landlord-friendly states. And yep, you guessed it, Alabama came in first place, was number one. It's followed by Arizona, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, and Texas. You want to be sure you're familiar with the landlord-tenant laws because this makes a huge difference when it comes to your overall investment's performance. These states in particular are known for low property taxes, ease of rent control, and fast eviction process, and I cannot stress this enough, and we'll discuss this a little bit more in just a bit, but we've seen eviction last anywhere from a year, and our typical rate is 90 days. So focusing your investments in these type of areas will really help your money go the distance. Now, I want to talk a little bit about mitigating the risk with a property manager, and this is not to necessarily advocate for using Atlas Rental Property or using any property management company. This is more to educate investors on the importance of ensuring the laws in that particular area for these certain aspects of property management are all met. So property managers, they are licensed and regulated by each state's real estate commission. And that way it ensures that they prioritize the client's needs and comply with their relevant local and state laws. Their responsibilities can vary by state and, of course, by company, but most deliver several core services. And this is something that if you do ever try to, I strongly advise against it, but if you do ever try to manage on your own, you're going to want to make sure that you are very, very aware of the law's when it comes to uh, the property management. The first one is tenant screening. So property managers, they're required to review and verify tenant applications to assess their ability to pay rent on time and adhere to all the terms and conditions of their lease. So, Qualified tenants, um, I mean, they reduce the risk of rent non-payment, property damage, and lease violations. So it's a really important part of the step. However, with that being said, another element to mitigating these risks is having a full understanding of the fair housing regulations. Our team completes a fair housing training every year just to brush up and learn about these new practices. And some common fair housing violations include things like not renting to a family with children or incorrect marketing verbiage, or it could even be as simple as discriminating against race sex, familial status, disability, or nationality. One of the best examples that kind of floored us in our last fair housing was uh, the marketing verbiage. And now you are no longer advised, our attorney advised us not to use the, anything as in walking distance because that may be seen as a discrimination towards those that may be disabled and not be able to, uh, to walk. So those knowing those types of things is is crucial, and those those change uh, along every year. We have to juggle the balance between finding the best uh, quality tenant while also legally abiding to all of these laws. There are some things you just won't have control over, like the way someone lives their life may look very different from your own, and you just have to make sure you're not discriminating when you're seeking out potential tenants. The mens rea law states that fair housing violations do not require, quote, bad intent. Ignorance of what constitutes a fair housing violation is neither a defense at law or to an ethics complaint. And so basically that means it does not matter if you did not mean to discriminate. All that matters is whether you did or you did not. So now that we've covered the importance of tenant screening and what laws to make sure that you are aware of. Let's go into the lease management side. And property managers, I mean, they ensure lease agreements are in place, properly executed, and comply with the local state laws. They can handle lease renewals, violations, and they can really protect investors from potential legal issues. When it comes to lease compliance, it's crucial to make sure your verbiage is as precise as possible just in case it's needed during potential litigation. For instance, we charge an administration fee to our tenants for delivering their eviction notices. So let's say your tenant doesn't pay by the 6th. Well, we have to pay a server to go out there and serve the tenant their eviction notices. Well, because our lease states that we charge an administrative fee for that, we can now charge the tenant back that admin, that service fee. However, if that administrative fee clause was not in our lease, we would not be able to charge that back to the tenant and it would have the potential of being thrown out by a judge once we get to the eviction process. So these changes uh, always going through our attorney's we are always trying to ensure that our contracts are as strong as we can get them. In regards to the laws for repairs and maintenance, you know, property managers, they are charged with overseeing the property's upkeep and repairs. And one thing to keep in mind here is that if you do not keep the home in reasonably good condition, a tenant can evict themselves, also known as a constructive eviction, and you are responsible. Now, to clarify, in Alabama and with Atlas Rental Property, a tenant can go into eviction if they withhold rent for maintenance purposes. They have to follow protocol in which they provide a 14-day notice of the issue, and they have to vacate the home and turn in their keys. They cannot withhold rent unless they have vacated. They will just simply go into eviction. However, landlords must be accountable for maintenance repairs no matter what. So if maintenance is not performed in a timely, timely manner or a tenant is without a bathroom to use, they would be able to sue the property owner. Any safety concern that is not addressed could result in a large legal repercussion. And so, so it's crucial to know what your obligations are according to your property management agreement. And if you are trying to do this on your own, I cannot stress the importance enough of making sure that you are very well aware of what a tenant can and cannot do and what you are responsible for. And property managers are also responsible for handling the eviction process in a case a tenant violates rental policies or otherwise fails to comply with the terms of their lease. So they're required to follow very specific eviction laws and procedures outlined by state and local authorities so that this process is carried out legally and fairly. And again, if you are doing this on your own, please ensure that you know the law surrounding the eviction process. I cannot stress the importance of this enough. This is the biggest hassle for any invest- investor, no matter where you live. Uh, we talk about how Alabama is so landlord-friendly but that doesn't mean that eviction is ever easy. We still have to follow guidelines and practice a regimented system so that nothing is unaccounted for. A judge could throw out an eviction case for a number of reasons, but especially if the tenant's ledger is off by even the smallest amount. So in this particular situation, every detail matters. If the casework has dates that do not match or the tenant was not served correctly, The case is at risk of being in favor of the tenant. I mean, and this is why our AR department goes overboard with communication. They document every call, every portal message, every text message that we deliver, uh, notifying the tenant of their particular situation. And the more properties you own, the more documentation is needed. So the landlords must stay diligent and organized if they want to recoup the losses as quickly as possible in the event they do have to face an eviction. Walking through all of the legalities of property management, please ensure that the property manager that you choose to partner with is staying updated with local and state regulations and ensuring that the property complies with all applicable laws, codes, and safety standards. This helps protect real estate investors from legal disputes and potential penalties. I can't stress this enough, even if it's not Atlas Rental Property, just ensure that you're asking these questions of your property management company. Like we've said in previous episodes, one of our passions is just making sure that the information is out there and we're providing good and relevant content for investor clients, whether you choose to use Spartan Invest or not, or Atlas Rental Property to manage your Uh, properties in in our particular market. So if you have any questions about a property, let's say you are trying to manage, you want to know a couple of things on how to go about it, please feel free to email us at hello at spartaninvest.com. Or if you want to learn more about Atlas rental property, our property management guide is available for download at spartaninvest.com. That's another episode of On the House with Spartan Invest. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. If you want to learn more, check us out online at SpartanInvest.com. Until next time, this is On the House with Spartan.